I think one of your great messages is control what you can control, right? Yeah. Control what you can control. So there's feeling like at that point in your life, there's so many things that are out of control in your life. What can I control? Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. Very excited to have a new guest that for some of you have heard of Alex, some of you haven't, but I'm super excited to introduce you to him, Alex Wish. He is one of one of the top performance specialists in the States, which is exciting. Uh, I'll tell you what, as I've gotten to know him a little bit, this is one very fit guy, mentally, physically, financially, all of it. And uh, he's really become one of the go-to mental and physical performance specialists to a lot of professional athletes, people that are boundward for the Olympics, CEOs, private equity leaders. And I think what's kind of unique about his own story, which we'll dive into, is got this great life now, but literally had, uh, you were telling me, I think literally had about eight years in a pretty pretty major depression where life was, was not going the way you wanted to. And... Um, let me tell you a little bit more about him. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. He's done lots of different business endeavors. He's won an ultra marathon, tons of different athletic com uh, competitions. I think one of the coolest things, I'll get you to talk about the challenge you just did at the end of May there, which I think is so cool. And, you know, now an angel investor and so many other things too. So Alex, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for being with us in our audience and really looking forward to our time together today. No, it's my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. So, I want to talk about this just because before we even dive into the story, you just completed this challenge, May 30th, right? Where you were 20 pound best on, 1,000 strict pull-ups, 2,000 push-ups, 3,000 squats, correct? Yes. Yep. Yes. So tell us, tell us about that. Tell us about kind of what led to creating that challenge and where that came from. And yeah, let's dive into that. Sure. So the challenge is a fitness for mental health challenge um, or fitness for mental health feat. And Part of the piece behind it, and we'll kind of dive into this a little later, is um, like you were saying before, you know, there's eight years of my life I went through major depression. And during that time, fitness um, played a huge role um, and helped me get better. It, it gave me, you know, things I can accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis. It gave me goals. It helped me more. It helped me on the physical level um, and on the mental level. It helped with confidence. Um, so, you know, part of this was, you know, helping people share while well, I was sharing my story and helping people. Um, you know, gain a little more control if they are dealing with depression or challenges and kind of create awareness and showing them that there's, you know, ways out there, like holistic means to help them gain a little more control of their life. Mm -hmm. um, this challenge kind of came to me because when the pandemic hit, all competitions were canceled. Right. And, you know, I have a history. I've done everything from I wrestled, I did MMA, I was a professional sailboat racer. Um, most recently was training for the America's Cup in sailboat racing. Uh, the team I was training for, Stars and Stripes, actually didn't get funding. So that kind of came to a halt. Um, they went into CrossFit. Um, and I've done a lot of OCR and Spartan races too. And I was trying to do some semi-professional stuff there. Uh, but yeah, when the pandemic hit, like I, you know, people were isolated. I was isolated. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have so much of a community um, in the physical area to kind of really motivate me or events to train for. So, you know, kind of combining that need, um, I created my own little feet to help me on kind of a mental level, mm -hmm. um, kind of push forward on a day-to-day -day basis, kind of create purpose with my physical training. And it actually originally, and then like the purpose behind it also evolved with getting to a point where I was in a comfortable place in my life. And I really wanted to share my personal story 
And so I use that to kind of piggyback off that, you know, mental, um, off the, the mental health aspect for the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the feet itself was the day before Memorial's Day. And so I also wanted to raise, you know, money for a good cause, get a big awareness out there. And because it was the day before Memorial's Day, I also combined the idea of veterans. And, you know, there's a lot of veterans out there that battle with mental health um, challenges. There's a lot that's, you know, passed away from suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to, so I raised money with Team Red, White, and Blue, who uses community and fitness, which I'm a huge fan of, to help veterans overcome the challenges of mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, but along with this feat, yeah, so, so basically it was in December. Um, I had this idea of doing, you know, originally started as doing the Murph times 10, some, something big. And the Murph is a workout where you run a mile, um, you do a thousand pull-ups, sorry, you, you run a mile, do a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, you run a mile again. Mm-hmm. It's across the workout. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to do that times 10. Um, and I, that's kind of where I started something kind of really ambitious, something big, something where I didn't know if I was going to be able to finish or not finish it, but it was more of the idea of just striving towards something that's enormous, the journey, what I learned around it and the inspiration behind it. Um, and then along the journey, actually three days, just after I decided to do this, I tore my adductor and my lower abdominal muscle. Mm. Um, so at that point I was, had to do a bunch of like rehab for that. Um, that kind of pulled the running piece out, which by all means was probably the best idea <laughs> because <laughs> that's just with a whole nother beast to add to the equation. Um, but yeah, and then I, you know, I kept training. The lower body was the least conditioned going into it because I pretty much had like two months just prior to Memorial to the day before Memorial's day to actually really condition my lower body because I was recovering from the injury. Um, but yeah, so going into it and then, you know, training for it, um, was a big learning experience. I mean, you know, marathons out there, which are in you know, a high volume, but this is something you're doing. Now you're wearing a weighted vest and you're doing pull-ups, push-ups and squats, which now becomes not only high volume, but high intensity. For sure. So really figuring out how to train for something like that, where I'm not training so hard that I put myself in a four or five day recovery hole, which happens initially, um, but, you know, training hard enough or making gains towards that goal and getting to where I need to be. So there's a lot to emphasize. You know, I, I'm all about, you know, whether you're working hard on a mental level as professional or a physical level as an athlete, you know, train, work, uh, but recover harder. So big emphasis, mm. every piece for this. Recover harder. Um, yeah. But, you know, as I went, as getting closer and closer, I just kind of kept, you know, I hit some hurdles, hit some challenges. Um, and something I tell people, I still deal with aspects of depression. You know, I've overcome most of the challenges, but I still have my harder days and I have to kind of navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, kept this in mind and kept going. And then as we got closer, um, you know, I was basically running a charity fundraiser and training for a competition, which is like, it's one thing training for a big competition by itself. It's another mm-hmm. thing like doing like a charity fundraiser, but now I'm doing both. So it's like figuring out how to balance both. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it came into it. Uh, we got Spartan to do a live, um, to do it live on their Instagram, which was awesome. We had, a as I was doing it, um, every 30 minutes, we had other people who were vets, um, influencers, really inspirational people come on board and just kind of talk about mental health, talk about veterans, um, as like a split screen as I was doing it. And, um, yeah. And I, I went out and I did it. It was, uh, right by the fallen hero Memorial, which is in Boston. And that day it was actually pouring rain about 45 degrees out. Um, which just makes it just makes it a little more fun, yeah. you know, a little more inspirational. Um, 
but ironically, I mean, it was better than, than it being like 80 degrees out. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, so as the day went on and I was doing this, I, didn't, I never thought about this, but the water actually made the vest and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so I went in having a 20 pound vest and probably came out having an extra 10 pounds on me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I went into it. Tempo stayed consistent throughout the entire event. Add a little more rest where I needed to, and I finished in six hours and eight minutes, and we raised thirty thousand dollars for our team Red, White, and Blue. So it's pretty amazing, exciting, man. That's amazing. Great job on that. That uh, that's a crazy story. Um, you mentioned too just this idea of overcoming obstacles, adversity, hurdles, and and I know that's a big part of your message that you teach a lot too. Can we go back a little bit? Go back to college because I know you shared with me a bit of your story. I want the audience to hear that things are going good. You're competing in lots of stuff, right? Uh, uh, professional sailboating as well as uh, I think you're really involved in a lot of sports, but bring us back to that time. And then maybe what kind of led into where you went through that dark period in life there. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, the depression, the, the, the deepest aspects of depression, I mean, I'm very transparent what I go through and that's, you know, something I really want to share with the world. Um, you know, the hardest part about it was like suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. um, constant. It was really challenging, but there were things that, you know, added and kind of created this perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a, when I was a freshman in college, you know, I had expectations on myself to be a perfectionist. Uh, the idea of striving towards perfection, getting a 4.0 GPA. Um, and when I was a sophomore, I, w- I was in Ivy League school working really hard. And I also have dyslexia, some learning processing problems and ADHD. So, you know, I have to find ways to kind of work around. Um, but I, I pretty much burnt myself out, um, you know, striving towards something that doesn't really have a lot of rationale behind it. I mean, you know, you don't need a 4.0 in GPA in college to become a successful individual by all means. I mean, I actually never finished college and, you know, I've done pretty well for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going in my sophomore year into the fall where, you know, I also have a little bit of seasonal depression, everything kind of built up. I literally woke up, um, it was like September 17th, the day before my best friend came out to visit me. I remember this moment, you know, things were definitely adding up beforehand, but this moment was very vivid. Um, September 17th, the day before my best friend came out, we went out with a couple girls from the, from grad school there. We had some drinks, came back home, um, had like a drink, came back home, went to bed. The next day I woke up and I just felt like my world was flipped upside down. Hmm. Like, and it, it was kind of weird how that was such a pivoting point. From that point, um, you know, I started to develop, never in my life had suicide thoughts before, mm-hmm. started to tried to sell nationals and when I'm out there doing the thing I absolutely love doing that, you know, is my distraction, you know, from the world, a place where I find like myself in peace and can focus and in the flow. Um, I'm out there trying to sail and having, you know, thoughts of wanting to end my life. Hmm. And at that point, I, um, I knew I needed to leave school. I knew I needed to get a little more help. And that's kind of where this long um, journey began of, you know, diving deep into the whole world of, you know, mental health, um, and then from there, I, cause I, I have always been a baseline, very determined individual. Um, so because the struggles were really hard, you know, I tried doing, I tried medication. I've tried pretty much probably everything out there at some point, mm-hmm. uh, put myself in the hospital like over 10 times, um, wow. more just because I didn't know what else to do, um, ended up at different um, residential facilities, halfway homes, some places that were really not good places shut down by the board of mental health. I mean, there's a lot in this journey. And, you know, sometimes I, 
there's a point I had no money, got myself in really big financial debt, didn't really have a home to go to. Um, but, you know, so those were some of the major challenges I dealt with. And I saw a lot of different doctors had, you know, different doctors, specialists in this world kind of fit you into their bubble and probably came out at the end having like 10 different diagnoses, which also didn't make any sense. Hmm. And, you know, I got to a point where I, I really hit an edge and I, I was looking like, to me, originally, I thought like, okay, like, you know, one day I woke up, you know, and things just flipped, which looking back, you know, there's more adding to it. But I was like, well, why can't there be some pill just to kind of fix this and make it go away? Right. Mm-hmm. And so emphasis originally on that. And, um, but that wasn't in my control. Even if something out there was going to help me, mm-hmm. you know, I had no idea when that, when I'd find that, when that would happen. And as I was trying to try different medications and the side effects and the challenges and things also affecting my fitness, I kind of hit a breaking point where I really needed to figure out like, okay, well, what can I control? Mm-hmm. You no, know, those are the pieces where I really started to take control of my life and diving into the aspects of, you know, one is like fitness, like, okay, so I can do fitness daily basis. It helps with regenerating like neurons in the brain, plasticity, BDNF. Um, so there's a lot of great things about fitness, endorphins. Um, I was like, that's one thing. I was like other things like using like a light box, like light therapy, getting outdoors yeah. more, yeah. like serotonin, the retina, um, sleep, you know, making sure I wake and go to bed at the same time, keeping myself scheduled. I mean, first I like just made sure I was out of the house all the time and just worked out of the house. And basically I slept there when I was going through really challenging times, left the house, did what I need to for work, worked on projects or whatever I could do, but just stay out of the house and came back there to sleep again, just so I wasn't isolated. Um, nutrition was really big, cutting out caffeine. I mean, hmm. I know some people find caffeine beneficial. I know there's studies that can also, you know, some amounts can help Alzheimer's for me as an individual, it was counterproductive. Hmm. Um, so I cut that out, find some supplements. Like, you know, I use like COQ10, PQQ, uh, fish oil, um, some vitamin D, uh, creatine is also shown to have some help with, um, depression. Hmm. So out some simple supplements, but lifestyle changes, like, you know, what was really in my control. Um, and the other big piece too, was, you know, creating, um, purpose and passion in my life because mm-hmm. the, the longer I was in a depression, the more I was pulled down and the more things had to be depressed about because, right. you know, it's this vicious cycle. Um, and I kind of lost purpose and I lost a passion. I had nothing to really hold on to in the further distance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, finding, you know, how can I help people and how can I make sense of my journey, which is what I do now. You know, I take the lessons I've learned along my way and help people, which makes, gives me a little sense of what I went through. Um, another big thing that really helped too was community. Community's huge. Mm. You know, I'm very, very particular who I spend my time with. Um, I try to surround myself with people that I inspire to, you know, excel, to be like, um, you know, they, they have a saying and, and like also having mentors, like there's also a saying with a mentor piece is, you know, you want to have someone that's above and beyond your abilities that you want to inspire to be like, mm-hmm. uh, have a peer mentor also. And then you also want a mentor that's, you know, done things in the past that you've done, but have, but are doing a better job at it. So having kind of different level mentors, um, and a finding community for me originally in Brooklyn boulders, which was like a climbing lifestyle facility, but okay. people all in the fitness, wellness, and health. So it was a lot easier for me to adapt those behaviors. The people you're around, um, you adapt those, you know, behaviors, you adapt their 100%. Yeah. Start to kind of change. So that's kind of like a, 
little basis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's so many great things in there, what you talked about, but I mean, most people listening, certainly ever, everyone at all times in our life have gone through challenging times. There's no doubt. And, and I know there's some people listening that are going through some of those times right now. I think one of your great messages is control what you can control, right? Yeah. Control what you can control. So there's feeling like at that point in your life, there's so many things that are out of control in your life. What can I control? And take yeah. a look at that. And I mean, these are the things that at the end of the day, you know, when we can take more of that, I guess that personal choice to say, I'm going to start doing this. I know I can do this. I imagine it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the magic pill necessarily. Okay. I did it day one and all of a sudden I feel amazing. Right. But you kept doing it. You kept building, building those habits in and then life started to progress from what I gather. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, there's a couple of things. I, I do want to make a note because I do make a note of this. Um, you know, along with all these things, I did also, just a side, I did also, I do also take, you know, very minimal medication for my depression. I just want to, you know, some people in the, in the world, um, very pro, very anti combination. You know, for me, the point is, is like the different things I did added a little bit of percent. When you add them all together, you get a very mm-hmm. large. There's, there's not, you're not going to necessarily find something that's going to give you like, a 50% change or a 60% change. I mean, it depends on your situation. You might, mm-hmm. you might, mm-hmm. but everything you do, you know, adds on to making a slight change. And even those, a bunch of small, slight changes adds to a very large change. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing. And the other piece is, you know, this is something I, I like talking to a lot of people about is the idea of marginal gains. Um, the idea that, you know, it, it's like an investment, you know, investment takes time to make a return, mm-hmm. you know, put money in something and the next day, you know, get a ton out. I mean, that's just not likely. Mm-hmm. So the idea of marginal gains, when I made these changes, um, and I pushed myself and actually originally back to getting, get, getting into like a profession, I got back into personal training and climbing coaching, mm-hmm. you know, struggle. Um, but you know, the changes I went through, I didn't have the immediate response. I had to kind of trust the system, understand that like, okay, these things are helpful. Um, you know, action, one action precedes motivation. So I had to keep doing these, you know, and realizing that I may not feel the effects for a while. So we have to do things regardless of how you feel. Um, and it was like symbolically or metaphorically, you know, imagine yourself for me, it's like you're pushing against a wall and it's almost like, like a wall that's like, you know, 10 bricks thick right? And you're just there pushing. And you know, deep down inside that if you keep pushing that wall, that wall is eventually going to move and fall over. You know, some people around you might start questioning you like, why is this person pushing this wall? And kind of, you know, might give you some kind of pushback against that concept. Mm-hmm. But eventually that wall that you are pushing will fall over. Mm-hmm. And I hit a point where eventually things start to pay off. And I kind of hit that exponential growth piece. And, um, you know, both Physically, you know, as an athlete, mentally and professionally and financially, they all started to come together. Hmm. Incredible. I, I love what you said. Action precedes motivation. I think so many times we're waiting for motivation to do the thing, but doing the thing actually creates the motivation. And, and then the second point to what you, you said in there too, is just doing it regardless of how you feel, trusting the process that this is going to work for me. This it, As long as I keep doing the things, I'm going to get the results that I want. And I think everybody too, as you listen to Alex, I mean, incredible story. If you think about, 
you know, I, for myself, I never had to deal with that. So I've, I've had small amounts. I think all of us have been depressed at times, but for me, it was small windows. It, it wasn't long. So I've never gone through anything like that. Um, but as you listen to a story and where his life is now, it's easy at times to think when somebody's successful in many areas of life, as Alex is, it's easy to think that it, it's always been that way. But the, the one of the things about successful people is the willingness to do the things they need to do, whether, whether they feel like doing it or not, or they want to do it or not, is the willingness to do it. Yeah. Action precedes motivation. That was said so well, man. So well. Um, I want to talk about a, a few things because there's lots of things. I know you're a performance coach, obviously your physical fitness, be able to help people in massive ways. Tell, tell us a little bit about there's, I guess there's a couple questions I have for you, but I, I want to know, say someone came to you today, nowhere near physical fitness that they want to be, they're not feeling great. Where would you start them? Where do you start them to start making some changes? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So this kind of dives into, uh, um, a concept that I, I fully take to heart. So, um, I mean, when I work with people, I work both on, you know, the physical aspect, biological and the psychological. Okay. So one, when it comes to fitness or when it comes to making any change, whether it's fitness, whether it's physical or mental, we need to make sure we have an environment we're going to foster. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're awesome. If you take a plant and you, you take a, and you want to grow a flower, right. And it's in a very dark place or the soil's not right or it's too acidic or too basic, um, you know, or there's fungus or bugs that are going to eat it. It's not going to grow. Mm -hmm. So even if you really want it to grow, and if you put it in the ground, it just wouldn't grow. So what's most important is like stepping back and getting a full picture, you know? So I'm looking like, okay, you know, people come to me also and they're like, well, you know, I want to, I want to feel better. You know, I, I want to enhance my life. What are the big biohackers? And the number one thing I'll go to first is where's your sleep. Hmm. Okay. So sleep, because sleep is what, you know, if you're really tired, it's going to hurt our motivation. It can hurt your mood. Um, you know, and it can throw off a lot of different things in our life. Right. And it can also, for when it comes to recovery for training. So one is sleep. I'm always like, okay, let's, let's try to aim for, you know, finding out where they are, trying to figure out what's optimal for them. Um, you know, trying to aim for that, you know, seven to nine hour block. Some people can do a little more, some people can do a little less, but trying to find that consistent sleep and wake schedule. So that's, that's one. Can I stop you for a second when I want to ask you about this? What do you say? Because I think so many people, they're just trying to avoid sleep. What, what's, <laughs> when they tell you, man, I just, I, I don't want to sleep that much because I need more time in the day. What, what do you tell them? Yeah, no, that, that's very common. So like people, um, you know, there's, there's the idea of being a, okay. So people, this idea that if you work harder, you're going to be more successful right. and you know, that's been an idea that's been around for a long time, but where we're evolving to is working smarter. Mm. Okay. So it's not necessarily about spending more time working. It's about the time you are spending working being as efficient as possible. So if you have an entire day and you're, you're like, you're not sleeping and you're just crushing through an entire day, um, you know, there's, there's a couple different things that can happen. Um, but you know, motivation and focus might eventually peak in the beginning, but eventually starts dwindling, dwindling out. Mm -hmm. And eventually your efficiency and well, productivity um, just really diminishes. So the idea is, you know, that sleep allows us to have a better retention with memory, allows us to focus more and allows us to bring our best self to the equation. Mm. Um, or just make better decisions. I mean, if you want to excel and be successful, you're going to have to make some pretty tough decisions. And sleep deprivation can definitely, you know, it can be equivalent to being drunk. I mean, if you're out there being drunk, 
I mean, I know I've made poor decisions in my past when I've had too many drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like the idea that, you know, recovery and working efficiently um, and optimizing recovery. So like taking breaks in the day, getting enough sleep will actually equate to more work, more output um, instead of just, you know, cutting out all hours of sleep and just working and nonstop. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So you start with sleep and then what's next? Yeah. So sleep. um, So sleep's one of the big things I look at. And then, you know, along with, with fitness, um, you know, really at the fitness piece, the goal piece, I'm going to look at, you know, their environment. Okay. So environment, because if you have goals, but let's just say you're hanging out with all your friends, like none of your friends work out, you know, they all have really bad eating habits. They're all going out and drinking all the time. Um, you know, and have some, or doing drugs or things that are just kind of productive towards your goal. You know, it's likely that you're going to get sucked in and pulled in. Right. Um, or what's going in the household environment or, you know, people that you're surrounding with self, it could be family, but like, how are they affecting your life? So those might be some things we kind of just look at, assess, uh, you know, is your partner being supportive? Is there a way that you can share what your goal is with them or your friends and that, you know, they can be supportive towards your cause. Mm-hmm. Um, are there communities too, like not only me work with a person, but are there other communities we can meet people that want to live this, you know, higher evolving, you know, physical fit, mental wellness, life. Mm-hmm. Um, so community environment is probably the next thing I'd look at. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, also, you know, nutrition's a big piece. Those are building blocks, mm-hmm. right? You can try to build the world's biggest skyscraper, but if you're not using the right pieces, the things that's going to come crumbling down, mm-hmm. it won't be sustainable. Um, and again, you know, when we feel ourselves properly, all the hard work we put in is going to equate to a greater outcome, right? So, you know, I like, again, work with people on a smart level. Um, so, you know, you have the sleep, you have community, you have nutrition, um, you know, are some of the pieces there on a baseline, you know, um, in addition, other things I do like looking at just to kind of create some good expe- um, expectations and understanding is I like people getting their blood work. Um, hmm. You know, I'm really big in preventative health. I'm really big in just kind of seeing the whole picture. Um, you know, if we're looking at that fitness piece, even on a cognitive level, uh, you know, I've had people hit real walls and struggle and, you know, their thyroid's off. Like, you know, if you have hypothyroidism, like that can cause depression, that can cause slowing the cognition. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, if you do have drastically, you know, low testosterone, that can also cause cognitive problems. It can cause challenges um, with putting on muscle. Um, and there's other things that you can check out, you know, that overall look at general health um, and wellness. So, you know, I like having that picture so I can create also realistic expectations, realistic expectations of the person I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um, I get their previous history, you know, and then I start with what's familiar with them and kind of work up from there and creating a, an educational platform where I know, like, if we're talking the fitness piece where I know I can work with them and not only are they getting more fit, but they're also learning a little bit because the reality is, is that life's not perfect. Um, sometimes they won't be able to meet with me and they got to have a little bit of knowledge in their back pocket. Um, and sometimes you need a plan A and you need a plan B, you know, mm-hmm. like that's another big thing I teach with people, even with like, whether it's work ethics, whether it's planning for a company or a business or, it's, you know, training fitness wise, you know, plan A is the idea of how do we do something and, and constantly move forward and progress. And then plans B is how do we, uh, sustain, right? Cause if you're climbing Mount Everest or a very tall mountain, you know, it's not like it goes straight up, like, you know, straight up vertical. I mean, there's options, plateaus, up and plateaus. 
what we want to, what we want to avoid is just kind of falling off and doing nothing. Mm. So, you know, life gets stressful. Um, you know, there's things with kids, there's other stresses in your life and family or work's getting really stressful. You know, how do we create a secondary plan that can be in place, um, to maintain our, you know, gains or to maintain what we're doing with our business or things that are efficiently without making big losses at those points in life too. Alex, that is so good. I've never heard <laughs> it put that way. I am going to start applying that in my own life because I've, I've always, I'm growth focused, right? What am I doing to get to the next level? But then all of us go through, of course, seasons where you, you're not going to be in that mode and to have that baseline plan, if you will, of how do you maintain in some of those more challenging times, man, that's gold right there. there there's also just a quick side note, like, and using just fitness, you can use fitness as a piece of this, but people really don't know what maintenance is. P people have this such a one-sided approach that like, if you're not progressing, like you're not moving forward, hmm. but having a real understanding of like, like knowing what the bare minimum you need to do, not saying you always want to hit the bare minimum, but knowing what you need to do so you can sustain is huge because I mean, when I was dealing with my depression, you know, so many people deal with whether it's mental health challenges, anxiety, depression, you know, other things that happen in life that can environmentally, they can cause downtimes. You know, for me personally, my fitness, like there was times where I didn't do any fitness at all because I'm like, well, I can't do all the crazy stuff I wanted to do. Hmm. But I look back on my journey and look, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, you know, I'm very fit now, but if I look back and was able to do something and figure out how to sustain some level of fitness, you know, my, my height of where I would be now would be even much higher. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So good. So that's, you're going to take a look at where they are. If they're just, Hey, I, I want to get in better shape physically, mentally, you'll take a look at where they are, assess their sleep, where are they at, challenge them to get into that seven to nine hour window, really look at the environment associations. As you mentioned, it's it. We become who we spend time with. We become the behaviors of those that we're around. So taking a look at that, leveling up the nutrition and then really inspecting even where they at blood work wise. Right. So great points on that. I, I want to switch gears. So now um, let's say your work, I know everyone's going to be a customized plan. I get that, but say you are, someone's already high-end athlete, really fit, really into that part of their life already. What's maybe one or two quick strategies you would give someone listening that's like that. Hey, try this, this may level up your performance. Um, so we talk about like an athlete, particularly at this point. Yeah. Let, let's say, yeah. An athlete. Yeah. So one thing with a high end athlete, um, the biggest things I'll do with a high end athlete, you know, motivation for the most part doesn't seem to be, you know, that, that much of a challenge. And sometimes it can be, mm. um, what I'm looking really for with them is, is optimizing recovery is really how can we get better at recovery? So there's something like, like recently working with a company called Noe and they're doing a whole thing. Uh, they create this whole app that can assess like your recovery, your sleep, your activity, your cognition, all this crazy stuff with wearables, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. but they create all your minimal effective dose, right? So with these, with the top athlete, people will think more is better. And here's a great example. You know, if you are training, if you overtrain, you're going to dig a recovery hole and you're not going to hit your goals. Um, I know like a friend of mine, Hunton McIntyre, um, you know, he's like one of the best functional fitness athletes in the world. And he was training for the Murph um, world record. You know, and, and knew he could, and he knew he could do it like under thirty minutes. But you know, he overtrained like two weeks before, and it hurt his score. Hmm. So, you know, for someone who's a top, you know, pro, I would say, um, you know, really trying to focus on what's the minimal effective dose, meaning what's 
the least amount, and this might be kind of, people be like, what are you talking about here? But really, what is the least amount of training you can do that's going to create growth and adaptation to head towards your goal, but not put you in such a big recovery hole? Mm. So that's, and then two, um, injury prevention. Because when it comes to these high-performing athletes, you know, they're challenging their bodies in such a demanding way that, you know, what really holds them back. When I work with them, my number one goal is always how do I prevent injuries, right? Because when you have these people top talent, they're competing each, each other. Um, you know, the injuries is one big thing that can easily pull them back in a season. So injury prevention, um, you know, making sure that no one's doing any, like if your focus is on a big event, like don't go out and I don't know, do base jumping or something like that. That's always, always the best of your skateboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the idea is focusing on recovery, understanding, maybe diving a little deeper and understanding like, um, like HRV is a big thing or, you know, heart variability and understanding, you know, at what point our body is, when you use HRV, you can understand where your body is um, more recovered. There's less breakdown of muscles, um, you know, and, and then the injury prevention. So I keep things uh, a little on the simpler side, but, uh, but it's beneficial. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that idea of minimal effective dose. I've, uh, um, when I look at my own fitness, I mean, I've never thought in that exact term, but I've always, for myself, I'm not an athlete by any means, but for myself, I've thought about that. What's, what's the, I can get maximum results for the least amount of effort when it comes to that. So I think that's a cool concept that it, probably anybody could use in whatever their goal they're looking to, what's the minimal effective dose. There's, um, um, go ahead. Can I throw your way too? Yeah. When it comes on the mental frontier for a lot of these pro athletes, um, there's something I also really like, and I, and I like this too, um, with individuals. So there's a concept I have, people tend to get, you know, to a little too spread out, almost try to do too many ideas. Okay. Um, I'm all about focusing on the basics, mastering the basics. If you master the basics, like you're going to be well above like some of the top performers. Right. And that just means like, so we talked about like sleep, we talked about nutrition, we talked about fitness. Some of those we talked about like community, um, you know, how can you work in different environments? The idea is like taking some of the basic elements in your life, but being able to master them in different environments with different stresses. Okay. So maybe it's not like getting the newest peptide or find the newest thing you put in your body, but more like, okay, so like sleep, like how do I figure out different skills for sleep? You know, if I'm really anxious or this happens or like I'm traveling because I have clients that travel to India and there's jet lag. Um, you know, for athletes too, if we're looking at like performance or more on like the psychological piece, um, there was, there was a fairly famous athlete called, um, Gable, who was a wrestler. He was a multiple gold medalist wrestler. And what made him phenomenal was he didn't know a thousand moves. He knew like three moves, but he could hit them from every single angle. Right. Hmm. So, you know, and, and it was, he, he was the, he mastered the basics, but he literally mastered the basics from all angles. So, I mean, I know different sports are different things and some definitely involve a lot more complex movements or tricks or whatever you're doing. But, you know, a great starting point is really just mastering the basics, whether you're an athlete, professional, um, or striving towards, you know, all different kinds of goals. Hmm. What do you find? Because you do a lot of coaching with CEOs, executives, business people, entrepreneurs. What do you find are some of the common um I don't know, maybe some of the common challenges or issues that people performing at that level in, in one area of business that way that, that they run into? Um, well, one of the most basic ones that we, you hit upon was the idea of overworking, hmm. uh, you know, of working um, longer and not smarter. So like, 
you know, helping people become more efficient, you know, figuring out like what you can delegate, I think is really big. Um, helping people understand that if you do want to grow to a very big level, you can't do all the work yourself. You need to trust people. Um, you do need to create a team. Um, and the sooner you get on board with that idea, just the more work you're going to get done. Mm. Um, me personally, like I'm very particular when it comes to grammar and writing and all this stuff. But, you know, now I have like someone that's helped me with my social media. I have like a virtual assistant. I have someone that helps me uh, raise capital for startups I work with, you know, so I kind of branched out and create other team members. So delegating, creating a team, creating trust. It's okay if everything's not perfect. Um, what's really important, I'd say, more important is how quickly you learn. So like in the startup world, um, you know, I work, with, I work with this other company that they're doing some really cool things with um, CEOs and athletes where it comes to testing like recovery and cortisol levels and they're creating an app, they're doing gamification. Um, but, you know, you can, you can like wait and try to create like the, the best product on the market, then launch it. But where you're actually going to make more progress, if you get something out there, you start taking chances, you see really what works and really the people that excel the most are the ones that learn the fastest. Hmm. You know, I think the pandemic was a great example of that. You know, there's a lot of people who had to pivot and the people who could learn what worked and what didn't the quickest and were willing to take some challenges and step out of their you know comfort zone really excelled. Wow. Yeah. So cool. That, uh, that's awesome. I like talking about that kind of stuff. Learn, learn faster. How can we learn faster? Be able to pick it up. Um, I I'm curious about this cause we actually haven't talked about this before, but, <laughs> but I know it's a part of your life. I want to hear where mindfulness has played into your life now, right? The success that you have now. Explain that a little bit more. Someone's new to the concept and then maybe a specific exercise they can apply. Sure. Um, so to kind of start that off, I'll give you a little baseline knowledge. Like, and this has to do with the idea of, um, you know, productivity, the idea of some of you might know of like flow, um, mm -hmm. flow being, you know, a state of mind where your well-being um, is high, you're focused, you're concentrated, um, your surroundings kind of melt away, you kind of lose a sense of time. And your brain is, it's actually, there was a misconception. People used to think your brain's firing in all cylinders. It's the opposite. Your brain's actually working very, very efficiently. Um, they actually showed spec scans comparing someone who was meditating and someone in a flow state. And they were very, very similar with mm. in the brain. Um, there was a little part, I think, between the left and frontal lobe that was activated because that's to do with creativity. But, you know, it's going, going in that direction uh, when it comes to mindfulness, kind of create a base. Um, you know, it's creating, reducing cognitive load is kind of like where I'm, where I'm going with this. Um, the idea that, you know, just like a computer that deals with RAM, you know, if you have too many apps open, if you have Netflix open, if you have Photoshop browsing the web, you know, who knows what, all of a sudden everything starts slowing down. So, you know, taking that, you know, on a, you know, metaphoric level with our brain, you know, how do we close those other apps going on? How do we kind of close away some of those thoughts? So we're really just minimizing our cognitive load and quieting our brain because you can only really balance about four thoughts at a given moment or four concepts in your brain to give a moment. Um, and you know, when, when you kind of move from one thing to the other, or, you're, or like in today's society, you know, there's so many, these meetings, everyone's like on a meeting. Like it's like their days are full of meeting, 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 meeting. And I work with this with all through some of these, uh, I was working this with a vice um, president of a biotech company and their day is literally no breaks, all meetings, but like 
the thoughts you have from one meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting, just like there's no time to deload. Um, so kind of going back to that mindfulness piece. So mindfulness is, gives you an opportunity to be present. Um, it helps you reduce that cognitive load. So, you know, you kind of can push all those thoughts, um, you know, let them kind of drift by as if they're leaves on a little river. Um, but it helps you bring yourself more aware of the present, not get lost in all the thoughts in your head. Um, so for me, you know, where it really helped is, you know, what I'm dealing with, like on a more, like, we'll step back a little bit. Like when I do my depression, when I was dealing with, you know, the challenges when things weren't getting what I wanted to, and, you know, life was really challenging or I'm doing suicidal thoughts or anxieties, um, focusing on mindfulness, uh, which can be simply just like sitting outside, looking at the trees, looking at your surroundings and start to using your senses, meaning like, um, you're just like, what do you smell? What do you hear? What do you see? You know, what's currently in your present moments um, to get away from those other distractors that can prevent you from accomplishing the goals you want to accomplish. Um, mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. Sorry about that. No yep, worries. Perfect. Sorry about yeah, all good. Uh, so good on that that idea. So just even taking time to just as simple as like you say, just maybe even looking at the trees outside or just being present in there. There's like, um, so like when I was working with a couple of professionals recently, you know, and so I, I, I do like finding little hacks in your day where it's like, if you're already doing something, how can we make that um, as like a mindfulness moment? How can we make it as like a deload cognitive moment? Mm -hmm. So I call something I like doing is called mindfulness traveling. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one thing with mindfulness, you understand, like, if you're going to be present in a moment, you want to step in that moment and look at things factually without judgment, right? So if, if there is, some, you're walking outside, you're doing something and you see um, someone like a, a man or a woman pushing a baby's carriage, you're not going to say they look pretty or ugly. You're not going to say the baby is cute. Um, you're going to basically say, you know, you know, whether it's a man or a woman, you're going to say, um, you know, if there's a tree out there, there's like, you know, there's five trees. I can see that tree is brown. You want to state very factual things in your present and get away from using judgments. Hmm. And then when I work with these people, like, you know, people travel to work, whether they're in a car um, or they're walking, um, or if you don't travel to work, you know, going outside for like a five minute, 10 minute little walk in the morning. Um, but just kind of going around and looking at your environment and trying to find one thing new uh, that you haven't noticed before, because I mean, there's like thousands of blades of grass out there. And I tell you, if you mean the walk you take, you can always notice something new. And so, you know, it's a little, little piece of the equation. I love that. that that's a great idea of bringing that to you. And I, I think that idea of without judgment, just looking at the way things are is, uh, is an important one. Our, our ego gets so hung up on judging every good, bad, right, wrong, you know, pretty ugly, like you said, all that kind of stuff, but just to look at it as it is, this, it just is the tree is right. That's awesome. And hey, this has been phenomenal. So great. A lot of great stuff. I really appreciate you sharing some high level stuff to help people go to the next level of their life. Uh, our podcast, as you know, is the pursuit. Everything about here is the pursuit of your best self, right? Becoming that next version of you, which I think it's, I don't think, I, I know that's a never ending process. You're never going to reach the best version of you because then you'll be able to see a further one. In closing though, we've covered a lot of great things. People listen, they're on the pursuit. They want to become their best self. They want to become the next version of them. If you were to leave them with, with one last piece of advice, what would be the, the thing you would want 
they never get to hear anything from you ever again, what would be the one thing you'd want to leave them with? Um, there is no goal that's too big. And understand it's not always about, you know, achieving that goal, but just striving towards that goal. Um, the things that you learn, the people you inspire, I mean, things like that can change the world. Mm. So I take those big goals, take those big ambitions and strive towards them. Do your best. Um, you won't lose. Um, for me, it's either I win or I learn. Nice. Yeah. Win or learn. So great. Hey, thank you for that. Uh, lastly, where can people connect with you? I know you got your website, wishfit, right? W-I-S-C-H-F-I-T.com. Go check out his website there. Where else? Instagram, um, I think. Yeah, in Instagram, um, it's wish, W-I-S-C-H dot fit. Um, and then also another place you can check out if you want to learn more about that feed I did. Um, and I'm going to start creating a lot more stuff for charities um, and fundraising is over at uh, fitnessformentalhealth.org. Fitness so those are, yeah, cool. Okay, cool. All right, we'll put those in the show notes to everybody. Alex, hey, thanks so much for the time. This has been awesome. I've loved it. And everybody, hey, as you're listening, make sure you share this with somebody or share it with multiple people, post it on your social media, tag Alex in it, tag me in it, share it with as many people as you can. If you're new to the show, go and click subscribe. If you're on Apple, leave a review. We appreciate you being with us. Great having you here as always. And we always want to strive to bring great guests like Alex that can help you live that best self really in the pursuit of becoming the next version of you. So Alex, thanks again. You are making a difference. This was awesome. Just for me alone, this was awesome. I got some great <laughs> Thank stuff. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Really great, great. pleasure. Okay, we'll see you all soon, everybody.